any other minions going. He seemed to be doing all right with no warnings passed and everything. Yeah, my microphone's fucking actually working, and I can yeah, hear you. And yeah, your, your cam came on the, the first try without fucking. Came fucking on. Let's just jinx all that right now. No, I was Next just gonna say, I like the knock a, on wood because like this is it's gonna be a fucking technical disaster. No, I bet you this episode turns into a complete calamity of horseshit <laughs> like, like ten minutes in. So, <laughs> knock on wood. So that's what you're in for, listeners. Uh, but until then. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance. This oh, is God, our this tab is so bright. <laughs> this is our 244th episode as Mark stares into a window that is as bright as the surface of the sun. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> this is our weekly podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. Uh, fuck shit, fuck ass, I guess. I am Tim. Oh, I'm going to be hosting this week. Tim's in a mood this week. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> I am frustrated by vaccines right now is what is happening as I watch all of my American friends in Georgia like get vaccinated and I'm sitting here being like, maybe I can get one three months from now. Maybe not. Not that, you know, I'm glad that they're all safe and shit, but it just seems like fucking bullshit that... America's like, yeah, we're just giving them to fucking everybody. And we're up here like, please, sir, can we have some for our old and infirm people? I don't know what to tell you, brother. It's, it's This is the way of the world. It's always you're welcome back to being a second class citizen of the world, <laughs> Tim. Tim has been living in America for a decade and is so used to being first on the fucking list for everything. Now gets to come back to Canada and be 1.5 on the list for yeah, well, everything, at least at least i've been a fuck of a lot safer than my american friends over the past like what eight or nine months or whatever since we moved back here fuck 10 I mean, months in terms of the maybe. coronavirus or in terms of like right-wing insurrection Both. Plots? All, okay all cool. of the above yeah. cool 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 yep we're, we're the fucking apartment on top of a meth lab here Always the nice apartment ish, nice ish. Yeah, I mean, there's parts of Toronto that are sort of super nice, and I'm where I am. <laughs> parts of it look pretty, but yeah. But yeah, so we're gonna take a little bit of a sidestep in our Superman journey this week. But before that, uh, let's get to this week's nerdy news because there was a decent amount of stuff that happened this week. First off, um, just today, as we are recording this, we learned of the passing of Jessica Walter, who nerds will know from Archer, from playing Sterling's mother, and also from playing Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development. And I mean, she had a very full career before that, did a lot of other voice work and uh, stuff like that over the years. So, I mean, she was like fucking like half of the good of Ar- of Archer. Do you want to be is so good at something? as she was at that shtick that somebody else is just like, fuck it, do it again. Yeah. And she exactly. got to do exactly the same shtick twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because she was so good at it. They were just like, no, just, yeah, don't they, just hired, they just hired to do the exact, yeah, to, to, to be, be the meaner. exact same person on that's it. Archer as she was on. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same character. Be That's how good, you know, you, if you know, you made it when you're that good at, at something like that. So like all the fucking kudos to her. She was hysterical. Like I was watching the best of Mallory Bluth or uh, Mallory Archer and then the best of Lucille Bluth today. Yeah. Oh, fuck was I laughing. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah, she was great. Uh, that line at right in the first season of Archer, maybe in the first episode about like scraping together all of his accidents <laughs> and like knitting it a onesie. Fuck my life is still the best goddamn line I've ever heard in a TV show. <laughs> just the fuck. I think it just floored me. 
just yeah. floored me. So, so yeah, so she th- was. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica Walter, for the laughs, and we will miss you. Oh man, I don't know how they're going to continue to do Archer without her. Just pull the plug. Fuck yeah, it, it's over. Like yeah, it's done. Do that, that one episode. Do the episode where they have her funeral. That's the fucking end of the show. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they actually did. If they actually did record her any of her lines for the season that's the been announced, season. but I guess we'll. We'll find out. Let's see. I'm going to go to DC this week because we didn't talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League last week. Warner Brothers has basically come out and said, like, yeah, this is the last of the Snyderverse that you are getting. We're not planning to make anything else with Zack Snyder in the future. We're not planning on, you know, making more Justice League movies or anything like that with him. So... Regardless, the fucking Snyder verse or Snyder cut bros are still like saying like, I want like fucking all of, you know, 18 different fucking Snyder verse movies. And they just refuse to accept reality because they refuse to accept reality once and it worked. And now a dangerous precedent has been set. <laughs> We've been living in a reality where like people just accepting, like refusing to accept reality has been working just for whatever fucking reason at this point anyway. So like, yeah, like this is exactly what they should have fucking expected when they said yes to this in the first place. They were just going to like the same. It's probably 20,000 dudes too. like, you know what I mean? It's, it's probably like half of the active readers of DC comics right now, basically. Like Mm. how many people read DC right now? Like on a monthly basis, like a hundred thousand people, something like that. Mm. It's like a quarter of those people are just like, way too vocal about it and that's who's really like causing the most stir because like, how many people could really how many people could really give this much of a shit about Zack Snyder's fucking <laughs> Justice League we've seen it like he's never done a really good one he's done three <laughs> mediocre done some ones. that are pretty good but none that have been amazing yeah he's done like one yeah and like one of them's fucking abysmal and like one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life so I don't know what I don't know why everybody's up in arms about it it's fine Black Widow comes out in July, everybody. I don't care anymore. It's over. Yeah. And I had a conversation with somebody today, like in a comment section kind of thing, where they basically pointed out, like, if we had not had a pandemic, the Snyder Cut does not fucking get made. Oh, no. The The only fucking reason that Warner Brothers made it was because they were like, well, we got people asking for this thing that's like already 75% filmed. So, like, why don't we just give them like 70 million bucks and let him fucking do some reshoots and some like, uh, you know, new special effects and shit. And we'll just fucking throw that out because we got fuck all else to put out in Q1 of 2021 with everything else, like all other production ground to a fucking halt. Yeah, absolutely. So like we can stream it at home with, you know, without people like getting all up in arms about wanting to see it in a theater and shit. And I need none, no more of this. Like I am, (laughs) perfectly happy with what we got he got to finish his justice league like it was better than the fucking theatrical one great like and it's still still fucking four hours long you know and like and there's a black and white cut coming oh no i saw that today too just (laughs) it's like so so they they turned like the d the saturation from like three percent down to zero basically i made that joke last week when we talked about this i think i said you was just taking the two two percent of saturation left of this picture taking it out what's the point who cares it already was black and white basically yeah it was the most lifeless picture i've ever seen in my life not even like it was wasn't even like black and white it was just like all his movies like Like, all his movies are like that though they all do like that like black and white that super desat thing so like 
It's not it new. It's just, it wasn't even like black and white. It was like there. Yeah, there were some teams that were like desat, like towards towards the black and white end of the spectrum. But it was like most of the scenes were just like, hey, here's a scene that's like only shades of blue. Like we just yeah. fucking cranked up the blue. Here's yeah. this fucking epilogue dream sequence that's like yellow as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't, so yellow you're not gonna be able to sleep tonight and shit like that. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> fuck. I don't think that was why I couldn't sleep that night. I think that was Jared Leto, but you know. Right. Man, like Aki points nightmares sometimes. <laughs> In non-Justice League news, uh, we got an announcement about a new DC movie that is in development, which is Zatanna. DC is going to be making a Zatanna movie with Emerald Fennel writing it. She is right now getting a lot of press and props because she wrote and directed uh, Promising Young Woman, which I've been meaning to see and I've heard really good things about. Yeah, I, I actually downloaded it this week uh, after Paul recommended it. So I was going to watch it. Um, I'm like on board for a Zatanna movie. As much as I'm on board for a Constantine movie, like give me the Dark Justice League stuff, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, with that. Be, well, I, I mean, we we talked a little while ago about HBO Max uh, announcing a Justice League Dark series, uh, mm-hmm. like a live action series. So it'll be interesting to see whether this is something that'll tie into that, or if it'll be kind of its own thing, or what. Knowing or, them, probably not. <laughs> but like, if they were smart and like it was, hey, I don't know, Marvel doing it, it would absolutely be like that character would be the, like they would do Justice League Dark as a movie after they did the Satana series on yeah. Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. So like that would be the way I would do it, but yeah, they've already shown that they're open to synergy between movies and HBO Max content with Batman, right? Because they've got that oh, that's true. central that's true. Uh, series yeah. that's in development. So also a character they're going to do a cameo in like a Batman movie, like maybe in part two. Like would not I would not complain if like the love interest instead of being Selena Kyle was that's fucking Satana yeah, for a movie, like just well, for had, something. They've di- had some good like back and forth dynamic over the years. That's what I mean. Like just for something different. Like, when they're on the Justice League together, like that that story that led into uh, was it Identity Crisis, mm-hmm. where Zatanna was like fucking mind wiping Justice League members. Like that would be fucking cool to see on screen. That's I mean yeah, there's cool shit you can do with Zatanna that they've done in the comics. She's an interesting character. Like she bounces off a bunch of characters very well. Also mm-hmm. in the DCU that we know because. We've seen it in the comics. Yeah, she could, and in she could like, play off of those uh, Birds of Prey characters and shit, too. Yeah, she, she definitely had back and forth there, too. Yeah, yeah. she fits in in Gotham. She fits in with, like, the weird Vertigo Constantine stuff. It's going to be real, real interesting to see if they go for the fucking uh, fishnet look on her. I guess her, they can probably get away with it more than they could get away uh, with Black Canary. Like Black Canary, yeah. yeah. Like Not, she's, she's a, show, you know, a showman kind of thing or show person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that costume is iconic, so I hope they would do it. But mm-hmm. like, who they knows? did. They basically did that costume when they put her on the uh, CW. It was CW or Smallville? She was on both, probably at this point. Was she was she yeah. in Constantine or like on on Legends or no. something? I'm having trouble. Like, man, there's so much of that shit. It's all kind of smooshed together now. I'm sure I saw as a tan at some point, but maybe not. I could be wrong. I remember I seeing a Harley Quinn at on, some point. Was, in the on was she okay? Yeah, yeah. fair. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that means you can fit her. In, you can even slot her into Superman. So there you go. Yeah. Like Zatanna kind of works for everybody, which is good. Yeah. See, we got another casting announcement for uh, Black Adam. Um, Pierce Brosnan is going to be playing uh, Dr. Fate, uh, which character that works really well with that because he's also like comes from that like Egyptian background or at least uh, the, the host. The helmet does. Yeah, yeah. The helmet does. Uh, Nabu, the uh, sorcerer that 
originally had the helm of fate. That's fucking cool. Pierce Brosnan, I think, is a good choice for that role. And I, I remember he was up for Stephen Strange at one point, and I was like, that would be dope. And now he's, yeah. I guess it's basically him getting to do that character. Kinda, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So I'm on board. Actually, I kind of wish he was Stephen Strange. I like him better than Benedict Cumberbatch. I just like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I mean, he made a lot of terrible James Bond movies, at least like Bassable. So he's like a pretty good presence on screen. So I, I'm on board for more Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, for sure. And then we got a casting announcement for the Shazam sequel. Helen Mirren is going to be playing one of the villains in that movie. She's going to be playing a character called Hespera, who is a daughter of Atlas, who is one of the gods that Shazam gets his power from, or Captain Marvel. Fuck, fuck Shazam. Captain Marvel gets his powers from. Now, wait, we have a trademark on that one. You can't use Captain Marvel anymore. <laughs> that's, that's a Marvel thing. You cannot say it anymore. You have to say Shazam, motherfucker. I'm pretty sure that the faucet Captain Marvel existed before oh my DC's God, yeah. Captain Marvel existed. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just DC or faucet Mar- or DC or whatever at some point fucked up getting the, the trademark file. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it's still, I think right now that that's where it's at, right? It's like they can't call it Captain Marvel because Marvel is who owns it or for something or something like that. I don't know. Either way. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm all for like big casting like that. Great. That yeah, cool. Mirren's great and like yeah, practically awesome. fucking everything she does. Yeah, so this character is not a lore, you know, not a canon character, not from the comic books, but it's Shazam. Like Shazam doesn't have a huge stable of rogues kind of thing like uh, Batman or Superman does. Or- yeah, especially if they're like not gonna give like let Black Adam actually be his villain at first. Like if it's gonna be this like we're gonna do the antihero like all the way thing, then do like a trilogy kind of thing, and then have yeah. And then have them maybe finally duke off at the end. Or in the final Shazam movie. Yeah, sure. Like, that's the way you're going to do it. Great. But, like, at the same time, like, you're really restricting what you could do with Shazam then. Because, like, Black Adam is kind of his defining nemesis, really. So, like... And all all those, uh, like, anthropomorphized animal characters uh, that uh, Shazam and that Marvel family uh, face off against probably don't translate real well to live action. No, well, talkie Tony I mean, the tiger and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, like, well, like, look what they did in the first movie. They basically just fought CGI animals. It was basically like Monster yeah. Hunter the movie. So, like, fair. yeah, I mean, fair. As long as the script's as good as the first one, then that's all that really fucking matters. Because that, like, that was some good screenwriting. Like, yeah, making that cool, movie work was just like it was a fun romp. So, yeah. On the Marvel side of things, Black Widow got pushed back again, but I'm pretty Ugh. confident that this is actually going to the release date it is going to be releasing on july 9th and they have finally broken down and said yes we're going to release it on disney plus streaming same day as in theaters and usually when they've done that in the past they've stuck to those release dates when they uh, say they're going to do the streaming same day so awesome i mean i feel the only thing i feel bad for is like this should this would probably have been a billion dollar movie for scarlett johansson so i kind of feel bad for them at this point but like i'm glad it's finally coming out just because, like, holy shit, I want to see it really bad. I mean, July so. 9th, I imagine, like, we were talking earlier about fucking vaccines. Like, well, what, they're, yeah. what they're looking at is the U.S. market. I feel like theaters in the U.S., like, you could probably safely go to a movie theater by July 9th, depending on how many fucking idiots, like, decide not to get vaccinated in the U.S. You know, it's it's entirely possible that they could have herd immunity in the U.S. by that point and be you know, able to safely go to movies and shit. I will take your word for it, science man, because <laughs> at this point, it all just looks like a giant catastrophe to me. So <laughs> it's true. 
I just want my goddamn Marvel movie. So yes. whenever that happens, the sooner the better, please. Speaking of Disney Plus, they're up in the price again. In US dollars, it is going to go from uh, 7 to $8 per month with the annual subscription going from 70 to $80 a month or per year. So transfer that into your local currency. It'll probably be like, you know, 11 bucks. I don't remember what we paid for it in Canada, but we I got a year subscription to it. We're doing a family rigmarole with Disney oh, okay. Plus right now, so uh, I'm not paying for that one. Yeah, the Disney Plus is the only one that I actually pay for sort of on its own myself. Like, we have a Prime membership, but like, I, yeah, I for the fucking shipping more than for the content. And then uh, I'm definitely on my parents' Netflix account. I don't know, like that kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah, they're still but... putting like tons of new content on there. Like, <laughs> See, like Disney, I'm totally willing to pay for still because yeah. like they're giving me my Marvel shit. So like if they're going to give me a Marvel series every like six weeks, then like, yeah, 80 bucks a year. Fine. Fuck it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's fine and... with me. Plus, there's all, all that extra stuff coming. All like, I mean, there's more stuff coming, but like there's all that extra stuff now. Like the star stuff that they have in there is almost as good as like the selection on Netflix. Because, like, yeah. without Netflix originals, if you just want to watch movies, it's fine. Because, like, it's got the dumb shit you want to watch. So, like, I watched Super Troopers 1 and 2 <laughs> on Disney Plus this weekend because yeah. I was baked and I had nothing better to do. And, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know. Disney Plus is, like, becoming a pretty good dollar value for me at this point. So, And then they've already announced a, a spinoff for the Hawkeye series, which will be Echo, which will be the Kate Bishop character oh no sorry echo is not the kate bishop character no, echo is another character echo is another character yeah she i think she ties in a little bit to the daredevil universe i've seen her kind of pop up in daredevil before yeah as a native american who's born deaf but has photographic yeah. reflexes uh akin to the skill taskmaster. used by yeah used by taskmaster taskmaster yeah who's coming up in fucking black widow so yeah there you go man at this point what are you not just on board whenever Marvel says they're doing something like I'm just like, yep. All right, cool. Yeah. It's it's just, this is, they're really starting to get into those characters now that people have like never fucking heard of outside of comics fans. Right. So guardians of the galaxy. Every time somebody says that to me, I'm like guardians of the galaxy. They fucking rocked it. So like, whatever, just keep it. It's just, it's just a matter of, you know, if it can, if they can continue to draw audiences, uh, you know, with the, with the amount that they're outputting. Right. Yeah. So, but, uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm never going to say no to any of it. I'll watch all of it. If it's coming right from Marvel Studios, I'm going to fucking watch it. So yeah, there you go. On the Marvel Comics side, uh, we also found out just today that uh, Marvel is ditching Diamond as their comic distributor, uh, as DC did last year. Uh, they are going with Penguin Random House, who people will know as uh, you know a big book publisher, to distribute their comics to the direct market to comic book stores and that kind of thing. So good. Fuck Diamond, they're assholes. They've had a monopoly and fucking treated their customers. Everybody being, like yeah, shit. Yeah, treated uh, comic book store operators like shit for many years. So it's good to see them get their fucking comeuppance. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see like uh, what's left of that market for them to you know do anything with when this is all said and done. Because with DC and Marvel gone, that's the glut of the comic publishing like is now out. Right, like that's what ninety five percent plus of the market still maybe it's a little bit less than that yeah like it was at one point like 90 percent of the market was dc and marvel DC, stuff yeah. and now i think it. it's probably more like you know like they probably make up two-thirds of it and then indies probably yeah. make up the other third or something I'm trying to think, think if like by now like image must take up a big chunk just because of shit like walking dead and like yeah 
the those big series that have always continued on to like carry over and like image, image always has something new coming and, on and boom and dark horse and to me it's always in order of prestige it's always dark horse image uh and then you go down to like boom dynamite kind of thing like yeah. dark horse and image have been around long enough that i would consider them like yeah, b tier you know like they're the other studios you know that are besides dc yeah. and marvel that like regularly put out multiple titles a week right yeah, and like yeah, quality they're, they're, stuff, you know what I mean? Like images always basically like curated their stuff to the point where like something's going to be readable on that line at all times. Yeah. Like you've always got a saga, or you've always Dark got. Dark Horse like, had Star Wars for years. Dark Horse has Hellboy. Like they they always say a dollar or two for me a month because there's yeah. some Hellboy something coming out, and it's always going to be Dark Horse. They've tried it. They've treated Mike Mignola very well. So yeah. whatever. But like at the end of the day, yeah, I, like they're another group that might just go like distributing through bookstores and stuff because like. Image makes tons of bank on trades, I think, even more than floppies at this point. And probably Dark Horse is, is a, I know they do very well with collected stuff for like Hellboy, Conan, when they had that license, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, fuck Diamond. Yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> and the last thing that I had for this week was that Chad Stahelski, the director of the John Wick movies, is now working on a Ghost of Tsushima movie and is looking, well, will be directing that uh, if it you know if it gets made um but i know that you had a good time with that game and you also like john wick so <laughs> yeah no i'm just disappointed I heard the fallout story from that was that he's not writing john wick four and five or whatever mm-hmm. they're fucking up to i don't know anymore which is disappointing because i think he wrote most of them up to this point and like whatever they're written as well as they need to be <laughs> to you know hang all those action scenes on basically so it's fine mm-hmm. but no, that's fine. Like, Ghost of Tsushima is a great game, and like, there's definitely a story that's worth telling in there. Uh, I wonder how, like, like how do you condense that down to a two-hour epic versus like, because there's lots of like nice, thoughtful bits in there where you're just kind of wandering the countryside, doing random shit, you know, like meditating and stuff, like writing haikus. I don't yeah. think that's probably going to be shit that's going to be in the uh, <laughs> in a movie about this, but like, I'd watch it. Because it's just a Kurosawa movie. Yeah, uh, it just sounds like a big bunch of Kurosawa movies. So, like, I'm on board. I like that. I love those samurai things. We've been getting lots of samurai inspired stuff lately, like with shit like Mandalorian. But like, we mm-hmm. haven't been getting much in the way of at least like westernized kind of samurai movies and content lately. So maybe there is, maybe there's some appetite for that. Yeah, I mean, I'd go, I'd go watch it. Like, I was, I was thinking, somebody mentioned like. Tarantino should do one like a samurai movie and I was like I would fucking 100% be on board for that like just give that to me right in my veins yeah a full-blown one rather than like a fucking genre bending one (laughs) yeah (laughs) not not Kill Bill like full-on do like the period like go over to Japan and shoot it in Japan kind of thing like bring your people like absolutely have all your you know regular people in there like bring Sam Jackson and shit because why not it's gonna be a little bit bought like you know bendy and either way because it's Tarantino but like yeah give me some Tarantino fucking samurai stuff. Now I'm just stoned and rambling about like <laughs> cool Tarantino movie ideas just, that I would like to random, see. Yeah, you know what I want to see? I want to see. You know what would be fucking dope? Yeah. I still want to see that fucking Tarantino Star Trek movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'd watch the shit out of that. I guarantee you. But either way, I want to see Taika Waititi do a fucking like English period drama. I want to see Taika Waititi do a James Bond movie. Is what I want to <laughs> see. Like that's what I'm. Too. I'm on board. Like that's where I'm at. I feel like it would be like Austin Powers on acid, which is fucking fantastic. So <laughs> let's do this. Did I miss anything, Mark? Or uh, no, you got the Marvel thing. That was the big one, and like Jessica Walters, sad. You know, yeah. all all those good Archer lines. Just gonna be sad now. So yeah. All right. Well, I can move on to our 
Geek of the Week, which is the segment where we each recount the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. So, Mark, what is your Geek of the Week? I've been looking at crypto art all week, basically, <laughs> and just like trying to figure out how NFTs. to make... NFTs? NFTs. Uh, there's all this talk about them online. Yeah, as a poster designer, it's something that has caught my attention because it's like my kind of art is making tons and tons of money <laughs> randomly for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like people are just like yeah. making tens and tens of thousands of dollars for doing the kind of weird spooky poster art that I do. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? Okay. So I, I don't know. I've been just looking around and like there's so much money getting tossed around that I have to look at it regardless. Like, and I know there's there's all this whole fucking thing on art Twitter about like, you know, your eco footprint and like how fucking horrible NFTs are for the environment and shit like that. Like all yeah. this crypto mining and stuff. But at the same time, like somebody I know, like that is a YouTube personality that I know sold a painting or a digital thing for $70 million. Jesus. And I'm like, I, I want $70 million. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm doing the research and I don't know. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to do an experiment and see how I do. Because yeah. like it's it's I, I think I understand maybe like eighty percent of it. <laughs> I don't understand any of it, but like I was talking to Sonny, who is like listener. Like we had Blake on the podcast once, and we've mentioned him a bunch. He's a listener also, Sonny but his in the background a little bit. Yeah, Sonny was on the episode where she heckles. Just so like I think that was the Rogue One episode they were on, right? It was Star Wars. I'm trying. I was trying to remember when we were. I was thinking about this today. So yeah, so Sonny's been on the show once, but I was talking to her about it a little bit, and she's kind of exactly the same spot I am. Just like I think I'm just gonna fucking try it because what yeah. happens if I make sixty million dollars overnight <laughs> or something like that? Like, well, I guess then I just retire and disappear to an island. I don't know. Like, how does that work? <laughs> so, what the fuck? Who knows? And really, like, let's be honest, like, mitigating my carbon footprint, like, I don't have kids. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'll be dead in 20 years. Like, who cares now? <laughs> I just don't want to be poor anymore. <laughs> so, like, here we go. Yeah. That's my geek of the week. It's just, like, trying to figure out crypto art. It's, I'm baffled completely at all times by it, so... I don't know. Yeah. Probably just going to do a piece and toss it into the into the ether and see what happens. Good luck. <laughs> Mikey of the week was third season of American Gods finished up this past week and I finished the season and uh it was just good. It was better than season 2 in my opinion. It did end on a cliffhanger and the show hasn't been renewed for a fourth season yet. So that's a little frustrating, but it's just a real fucking pretty show and plays with some fun concepts and I'm just fucking getting to watch what's his name Wednesday your your dude from fucking the cowboy show oh from Deadwood yeah from Deadwood you're talking about Ian McShane yeah him just getting yeah. to watch him fucking like ham it up every week is is so much fun yeah why don't you just fucking watch Deadwood instead of watching that piece of shit <laughs> I'll get there eventually Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> Yeah, so like you're still watching, like for some reason you're still watching this show, even though it's basically completely fallen off the rails. Is that- it is still more watchable than I would say like eighty percent of TV these days, if not more. Yeah, but like that's not saying much. Eighty percent of TV these days is fucking complete garbage, Tim. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like there. So I don't know. I don't know what you're saying here. So like. It's watchable. That's good, I guess. Yeah, I, used to, I mean, I, I just feel like this season sort of came back together more than the second season did in terms of like the storyline wasn't as all over the place. Like it kind of 
focus down a little bit more and introduce like some new bases. And that's always one of the really interesting things with this show is how they treat the sort of the, the places that they visit kind of thing and, and how they incorporate those settings and environments into the story. And so there's been some cool shit with that this season. So, yeah, I still think you should just read the book and uh, <laughs> watch Deadwood. That's where I was going. Sorry, I lost lost it for a second there. Watch Deadwood. <laughs> you need to watch Deadwood. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. The movie's out. It's over now. We could do an episode and shit. Oh, could, yes. Could. It's just Deadwood. It's, it's not exactly the kind of thing that I want to be watching, like, in the middle of pandemic when shit is pretty fucking dour in real life. Like, ah. Deadwood is the kind of thing that I'll want to watch, like, next spring once like COVID is over and like I'm happy and can go outside and have parties and fucking go places and shit. You place too much value on your emotional well-being. Just go for <laughs> it. man. It's not that dour. It's fun. Like you, you get there's there's, you know, catharsis and like heroic shit going on in there. It's an excellent show. It's just so well written. Like, God damn. God damn. Is it well written? Anyway. All right. I'm glad you enjoyed American God season three, though. I'll never watch it. There's no way I'll ever get to it. There's just too much shit. How do you, like, where are you finding this time? Because I basically have not been watching any of the CW Marvel stuff except for Superman and Lois. That's, That's all I want. I'm watching that. And even that, I'm like, ugh, ugh. I'm not time for this. All right. Fair enough. Cool. Good for There's you. There's not that much else coming out right now. So it's... No, I guess. I guess you're that desperate for content. Then good on you. <laughs> sure, well, Winona Earp, you should watch that. It's at least good. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it seems like I don't know. Winona Earp. I feel like I probably won't watch for the same reason that I'd never watch Supernatural. Just that it seems like a little too fanny. You watched how much of those CW shows? <laughs> yeah, but that's like in my fucking wheelhouse, right? And <laughs> hunting demons is not in your wheel. No, how are we even friends? How are we even <laughs> friends? I don't understand. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get on to something that is my... Superman movies. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Let's get on to something that is right in my wheelhouse, which is the this week's meat of the episode: Kryptonian tentacle meat. Oh, yeah, animated tentacles too. So, like, we're getting there. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. almost a granny to watch kind of episode. Yeah, we're gonna like summon Christy by mentioning these things. No, it's a Superman episode. episode of the. Ether. This is way too comic booky for Christy to be summoned by Tim. I don't. Hey, she did say that she wanted to come on WandaVision. That's WandaVision. That's Marvel. That's just like the mainstream culture now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as we did with the Batman movies, we are uh, sort of taking a brief detour in the 90s when there wasn't really much in the way of live action comic book movies coming out. Although, thankfully, if we ever we should do an episode where we both do like the the forgotten Batman Superman movies now, we were, we've been talking about that one because there were a bunch of Superman movies that were supposed In to development, happen. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they all sounded terrible. So. Yeah, thank God, some of them yeah. didn't. <laughs> well, one did. Uh, there is a Superman movie in the '90s. There's one. But I should have made you watch it. That Steel movie counts, man. That's oh, a Superman. God, movie. no. Yeah, that that Shaquille O'Neal movie counts. So brutal. Have you seen it? Yeah, eight years ago. Yeah, that makes Superman 4 look like a fucking walk through the park. <laughs> so in this case, we, as as kind of a palate cleanser, considering <laughs> what we've been watching lately. Dear God. And what we've been watching lately has either been very long or very bad or a bit of both. Or both in the case of what we watched last week. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. 
This week we are watching The Last Son of Krypton, which is the first three episodes of the Superman animated series that premiered in like a primetime special on the WB in 1996. So really kind of do fit together into one big story. Uh, So that's what the excuse that I'm using for why we can cover this as part of our Superman movie series. There's no other like good Superman stuff in the interim. It's just not this. not between this. I mean, there's there's good Superman animated stuff after Superman Returns, but because we're kind of doing this, I set a horrible precedent by like making us watch Mask of the Phantasm and World's Finest when we did Batman movies. <laughs> And I did World's Finest just to throw you a bone and get some Superman in here. What I should have done is waited so we could have watched it now. We could have. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I watched that again because I downloaded the whole fucking series, like the Blu-rays and stuff. And I was like, well, while I'm here, let's do the Batman episodes, too, because why not? So Um, so, uh, let's start out by taking a look at the plot. Mark, what is the plot of The Last Son of Krypton? Um, Have you, you know, the Superman origin story? It's that. It's that just like <laughs> verbatim, basically note for note, like the, everything that's in the Superman origin story that you think should be in there is in there. And you, the reason why you think it should be in there is because you watch this as a kid, like the rest of us or whatever. Or you read fun. or you read Man of Steel or you or, read Man of Steel. But yeah. mostly you saw this and like this is what you know is Superman's origin story. But yeah, we can we can totally like actually walk through what happens in this thing because it's basically the same as the plot of Man of Steel that we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. So get ready for it, everybody. Um, first of all, if you can watch these, the Blu-rays of them, they look fucking really nice. So like go get the 1080 rips of them wherever they are, like whether they be on like HBO Max or you buy the Blu-rays or what have you because they look really nice. Lots of like denoising going on. Everything's very smooth. Oh, nice. None of that weird pixely like noisiness that the the old dvds uh, maybe it's more prevalent in the old anime like the batman animated series dvds where it was like it's probably worse than that because the series was a lot darker darker and it is getting yeah. a lot of that um pixelation and stuff in, in yeah like uh in flat black and that great yeah there's a lot of noise and like artifacting and stuff yeah. in that show probably more so than this one but it, it, this i noticed just how it's just smooth as all get out looks fantastic so look, go look this up in high def so we we start on krypton <laughs> or else we're gonna fucking start a superman <laughs> origin story but i mean we start on krypton uh jor-el is in a cave investigating this is right out of man of steel i didn't even realize i reread man of steel quickly or like flipped through it last night while i was talking to tim and i was like wow right out of man of steel except for yeah. the little thing like the action beat that happens that's not yeah yeah in here at all he goes home where like he's talking to brainiac um who in this version of reality I know that in the comics he's not Kryptonian, but in my head he is because of the show. There's been there's been comic book versions of Brainiac that have been Kryptonian. There's been versions that have been Kaluan. There's been blended versions. His origin has changed a lot of times over the years. Fair. This is the origin I like the best for him, just because it kind of ties nicely into the rest of the universe, as opposed mm-hmm. to being some random thing like the other one is. But yeah, Brainiac, who's Krypton's like central AI, is waiting to analyze his data. They snark at each other. We meet Lara, Lara, Lara. And Kal-El, little Kal-El, who's a toddler, looks like. And Crypto. Oh, that's right. Crypto's there. Is it actually called <laughs> Crypto? No, nah, uh, probably not. But it's clearly fucking Crypto. They do Crypto eventually in, the, in these shows, don't they? Because then there's a dog that hangs out with Supergirl in uh, like Unlimited. We'll have to yeah. get there eventually at some point. It's Patreon content whenever we do Patreon. It's like, <laughs> well, watch Justice League Unlimited and nerd out about how that's the best show ever. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Her dad tells him that like he doesn't believe like so Lara's father tells Jarrell that he doesn't believe the evidence that he's got and so Jarrell goes and proves Classic asshole like father in law. Yeah, 
same so horse shit. Yeah, whatever. So Brainiac, oh my god. So Jarrell goes to like in front of the council, and then he he proves whatever he t- says his point, and then they ask Brainiac, and Brainiac just fucking lies because it's easier for him to formulate his own escape plan. He does a hell uh, basically. A yeah, hell basically, right. <laughs> He, he just tells that everybody that everything's fine so that they'll just die while he figures out his way out. Basically, yeah, they bring up the Phantom fine, Zone babe. at one point. The planet definitely is yeah. not going to explode. <laughs> I wanted to look up who does the voice because I like the guy who does the voice of this uh, Brainiac for some reason. He's he's it really good. Is it sounds like the same guy who does the Joker, or um, not the Joker, uh, the Riddler from the Batman animated series. It's probably not, <laughs> but it sounds like him. No, it's, uh, it's the dude that plays the antagonist in Happy Gilmore. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, um, I know, I know the guy's face anyway. Like the, his face is oh, blistered no. in my face, in my brain. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry that that is that's the guy that plays Jor-El. Uh The guy that plays uh, Brainiac is uh, his name's Corey Burton. He is a like done like very prolific voice actor. I know him okay, because yeah. I know him because he's done a ton of voiceover stuff for Disney Parks rides. Like they, he, he does like a really good, like Rod Serling. So when they had to do like extra stuff for the twilight zone ride, they brought him in to do like his Rod Serling impression and shit like that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, he's, I think he's done transformers and that's why I know his name. I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He's done all kinds of fucking animation. Oh yeah, absolutely. So he was in the original show. Uh, he was Sunstreaker, Braun and Spike on the original show. And he was also shockwave that actually, you know what? That's where the voice is. That's the voice, right? It's the fucking shockwave voice. Yeah. I never noticed it was the same voice before. That's good. All right, cool. I'm better now. Let's <laughs> we keep moving on with this. This is fun. I didn't realize that that was the shockwave voice. That's fucking dope. <laughs> Brainiac lies. Yeah, Brainiac lies. Either way, fucking Jarrell figures it out and goes home and like he gets chased down by Brainiac's like the police force of Krypton who are being misinformed by Brainiac and all this stuff. So the exact same action sequence that happens with fucking fighting around the world. In Man of Steel, happens in this. <laughs> God, what was it? Russell Crow? Remember when he plays Jarrell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the exact same action sequence as happened <laughs> in Man of Steel that happened in this. It's just that it's Brainiac setting the map for him instead of Zod. It's craziness. There's even a flying sequence. It's almost like it's not a dragon thing or whatever, but it's like still a flying sequence on Krypton leading. I was like, just lift the whole thing, Zach. It's yeah. fine. Take it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, and then most of this, as you said, is fucking lifted from Man of Steel. So. I, I mean, it's very much. But, but like that action beat's not like very yeah, much. Yeah, like yeah. they're on Krypton for like five seconds in the comic. But yeah. like, yeah, this that whole like action, all the action on Krypton. I was like, wow, this is just like what they do in the movie in a couple of years later. So, <laughs> all right. I mean, I guess that's what you do, right? Like, you got to action up that opening sequence because this is like, otherwise, it's a half an hour of just like, yeah, exactly. people to die. Yeah, th- this episode would have been like real fucking dour and boring yeah. if they hadn't like so, t- sort of tacked on this this uh, action sequence, which is fine. Yeah, so it's fine. You know, whatever, it's, it's cool. Still a fucking kid. Either show. way, Krypton, Krypton goes boom, and little Cal and Brainiac escape. It's, instead of just little Cal escaping, now Brainiac's also kind of part of this. Not a Kara anywhere to be seen so far, but you know. One will show up eventually. That is when when Brainiac is not Kryptonian in the comics. That's the link is that. Uh, oh, Candor, right? Yeah, that's it's right. That Brainiac miniaturized Candor years before, or like many years before Krypton exploded, and and that's, that's right. where Kara came from. Is that she was on Candor? Candor. And that's okay. like the fucking Silver Age origin of of Supergirl. 
and then yeah that's the one i have like a vague memory of though so i must have read that shit somewhere yeah. either way or like or like kara lived on kandor but was not it there when it got taken away and then like later on so she comes to earth on her own and then like later kandor pops up along with brainiac and shit and yeah i can't remember how they do it on the show because she just kind of pops up in unlimited eventually or actually yeah. maybe it's this show she shows up in a later season I think they do introduce her in this show, actually. Yeah, uh, look, don't quote me on that. Either way, it the, it's the T-shirt Supergirl, isn't it? The yeah, yeah, super popular version of Supergirl. Like that Supergirl gets cosplayed to this day. Still, yeah, yeah, I yeah. see her all the time. Yeah, the, I, the actually, I like that costume. The cut off like midriff uh, T-shirt Supergirl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like the '90s Supergirl. Like basically, yeah, like what 90s, I picture yeah. is the '90s Supergirl. Is that one? Yeah, with the midriff thing. So fucking '90s. Now that you look at it, but yeah, like totally. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's kind of like the Michael Turner one when he she showed back up in the comics in the 2000s. Yeah. That's kind of how Michael Turner drew her, too. I remember all that Michael Turner art on the covers and not really on the interior. In the interiors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sad. Um, either way, Krypton goes boom. That's the end of part one, I think. Part two picks up. Uh, the, the Kents pick up little Cal and decide to call him Clark. Uh, we zip up his age to late teens. Just doing Superman the movie now, so that's cool. It's fine. Exactly <laughs> the same stuff. Exactly. Uh, oh, it's, and again, they fucking lift straight up lift scenes here from Superman the movie. Absolutely, like it's crazy. <laughs> like they're just all feeding into each other now. Like I don't yeah, know where I am it's, anymore. It's just this big fucking Ouroboros of Superman, <laughs> Superman like origin movies stories. and comics. I've watched and too many fucking and... Superman shit, Tim. I'm losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> I'm going fucking crazy. How many more of these do we have to do? This is like the fucking like the the mo- the beautiful Frankenstein monster of Super- yeah, I guess so, like it, it pastes all the pretty parts together into one. Yeah, <laughs> well, this, like I mean, this is the one that I always kind of go to. Like if somebody's like, "What's Superman's origin story?" I'm like, "Superman the animated series, first three episodes. Go yeah, go right. watch that. That's Superman because that's that's the best Superman you're gonna get. That's like animated and shit. Otherwise, I'm handing you a comic book. So mm-hmm. fuck, you know, like I don't know how that's gonna work for you." <laughs> I don't know. The 78 one's too old now. And like Man of Steel is Man of Steel. So yeah, this is the one. Either way, she's he's talking to Lana. She's like, this is all just right from the comic. She's a cute little redhead. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, he tells her about his powers. He zooms off just as an RV is about to crash, which I remember it is like he zooms off on her in Man of Steel to save a fucking bus from crashing or some <laughs> shit like that. So like, I mean, right. that's like, that's like just classic fucking Smallville Superman shit. That's yeah, actually I from think. Smallville also. Like Smallville used that beat, I think too. That's yeah. how they met Lex, right? I don't know. It's been so long. I, His car crashes and he pulls him out of the road yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Either yeah, way. Yeah. 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 So Clark is uninjured after all this, like, especially after the fucking RV, like Simpsons explodes because it fell on its side and has to explode. <laughs> <laughs> cartoon car. So yeah. tip, boom. Yeah. <laughs> safety regulations yeah, it just has to explode <laughs> Clark tells Maud Pa Kent who decide it's time to tell Clark about his heritage I guess so they show him the ship and some tablet that mind zaps him to, Chris, to Krypton uh, to speak to Lara and Darrell briefly he gets up upset and almost brings the roof down on them and runs yeah. away he fucking yeah. like hammers like a load supporting <laughs> beam on that yeah. barn I was like oh my like, god oh, shit you can <laughs> <laughs> that's the the injustice superman like version of this is like yeah. <laughs> that moment yeah and turns dark and then goes and punches fucking joker through the chest and yeah exactly <laughs> a couple years later or whatever either way uh <laughs> 
<laughs> where am I at here? Yeah. Oh, so either way, he he runs off, but this is also where he discovers he can fly. So it's like perfect car- cartoon cyclical shit where he's like he's upset in one scene, discovers something cool, and goes back, and everything's completely hunky dory. Yeah. About this whole situation because he's completely fine with being an alien <laughs> as long as he can fly. Lifted straight from the Donner movie, like that that yep. uh, cat canyon jump or whatever. Like that's straight from the fucking Donner yep. movie. Absolutely, everything's right out of the Donner movie. He's even doing the same pose with the little like hook leg thing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so we're immediately now we're in Metropolis. So we're like we're just moving at a mile a minute because this there's like That's 10 all you minutes. need. Yeah, it's ten minutes of the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? You don't even need that. You read All Star Superman. You need eight panels to tell this story now. <laughs> Thank you, Grant Morrison. So we're in Metropolis, where Lois and the Planet staff are watching the news talk about a red winged angel or something like that. Lois is introduced to Clark by Perry. Of course, she immediately asks if he's cute, even though she should have walked by him in the room when she walked in. But, you know, cartoons, it's fine. <laughs> she does a play to ditch him immediately. So we get to meet Jimmy. Clark still beats Lois to her little story at LexCorp that Perry told him to tag along for because he's Superman. <laughs> Lois snarks at a TV reporter who shows up constantly to drool over Clark in the first season of the show. I discovered while I was watching more of it. Oh, Afterward, yeah. Yeah. She's in like every episode, just like pawing at him and stuff <laughs> all right lois and clark snark at each other lois has snarked at the reporter lady lois is the snarkiest lois that has ever lois she's my favorite that's lois great. also yeah she's fucking awesome that's uh dana delaney i believe is the yep. voice of lois in this just yep. chef's kiss fantastic stuff um we're getting some other good shit too because like we see the goofy ass metal gear suit and sweet sweet fucking <laughs> clancy brown or robotech whatever on, depending yeah. on your uh your, your uh, preference your, absolutely yeah, your persuasion it is a little robotech but it's got some metal gear to it too so i'm like i'm right right in between the two but like the real money is that clancy brown shows up as lex luther and like is just the best fucking lex luther ever also mm-hmm. so this is great and then immediately after we get clancy brown lex luther we were immediately introduced to Dr. Soran. Uh, Malcolm McDowell is uh, John Corbin, as uh, who will eventually be Metallo, but it's just John Corbin right now. And he shows up to steal the super suit. So Superman saves Lois from uh, an I-beam, and it's super dramatic. And then he flies off after the thieves. Wait, I feel like in this, you need to specify that you mean an I-beam made of metal and not an I-beam yeah, from sorry. somebody's like eyes. Like an I-beam made of metal that is falling. Because that is also something that could happen in this yeah. story. Yeah, not I-beams as in like heat vision. I would have said heat vision probably. <laughs> but either way, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I-beam. Okay, uh, hey, it could, it could be brick an building. An I-beam and brick, not be yeah, heat vision. It could be brick laying vision. There is that. Could so be, yes, it could be reverse damage vision as a support I beam, like Superman a construction, three. a construction thing. <laughs> All right, you fucking prick. Is that good enough? A construct like a support in the Just building. Sure oh, that our listeners. Fuck. No, fuck. No, what's going? All on? right. <laughs> Either way, so he saves her from that. It's super whatever. He flies off after the thieves. They cartoon tussle, and a missile is fired at a uh, jetliner, and it hits the wing, and part two ends. And part three picks up with Superman. Guess what he's going to do now? He's going to catch and land a plane in, the, in his introductory <laughs> the, episodes. The first he fucks up. <laughs> oh, which is, again, is just the fucking riff from another movie. Actually, it's <laughs> lifted. I think it's lifted in a movie because I think this is pre. Yeah, it's 96, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that movie's 2006. So that's lifted from this. They just <laughs> take everything from everybody. You know what I mean? Yep. It's all Superman. We can just take it. It's fine. <laughs> all the same beats over and over again. Don't create anything new. Recycle. Anyway. Yep. He fucks up. Shears the fucking fin off of it, just like Brandon Routh's going to do in like two weeks. 
I'm going to watch that too. It's great. <laughs> but like, you know, of course he does. He say, he stops it. And then uh, the mime survives, which was sad. I was kind of hoping the mime would die there. <laughs> Either way, uh, we video transition to the planet uh, with the core cast. We call Superman Superman for the first time. Uh, Ma and Pa Kent talk about their clipping collection, which is like right out of the comics. <laughs> I didn't yep. completely forgot about that. Absolutely right out of the right comics. Out of Man of Steel. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Clark yeah. mopes about being Superman, which is also right out of fucking Man of Steel. Yep. We get a joke about Gotham, which made me laugh to myself, which is great. <laughs> Clark kidnaps Lois to do the interview and tells her about Krypton. Although I guess this is, is this the, I just watched this. Why do I not remember this? Because she'd fucking, oh, that's the comic. Where she drives off the fucking the bridge. Yeah. So I was getting them confused now. And she's got uh, oxygen under her uh, seat. Yeah, just in she's case. got an aqua yeah. lung underneath her thing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, th- I thought that was this. Why didn't they do that in this? Either way, <laughs> I think he just grabs her. Yes, he does. He grabs. He just picks up her he's, fucking yeah, car. Yeah. She's just driving, and he just yeah, he just flies up underneath her car, and he's like, whoop. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. He so he kidnaps her basically to do this interview. <laughs> finally, um, tells her about Krypton, and then she asks about his off-hour stuff. He takes off because. You know, she's smart enough to ask that he must do something else with his fucking time. He's not Superman all the time. Or is he? We don't know. Either way, uh, Clark and Lois walk in on Lex, who is getting a massage. Clark takes a shot at Luther in terms of like he thinks that and is correct in thinking also that Luther is involved in the theft of his suit to force Mm -hmm. a government contract to be given to him so that like the American military is capable of dealing with his now stolen by terrorist super suit, Iron Man, like shitty Iron Man suit or whatever. Luther isn't happy about it. <laughs> uh, we find out Lois and Clark, like they drive off and she tells us that she dated Lex, which is again, right out of man of steel and barely ever touched again on this show. I don't think uh, they don't use it as much as they did in the comics in the eighties. If I remember correctly, they yeah, con- yeah. fucking talked about it constantly in the, the eighties comic. Yeah. And that Clark suspects. Yeah. So all this stuff, um, he finds evidence and it's Corbin that's in the picture, I think. So like that's how he kind of links everything up. Uh, we the, he sees that there's a Kaznian flag or whatever on the boat. Yeah, that's later. He's going through the file and he sees Corbin and like, oh, like right, right, that yeah, or yeah. something like that. But then like then yeah, so now Lois is going to go off to the ship and like he, she meets Bibbo. 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 Yeah, great. <laughs> Bibbo. Yay. <laughs> he's such like he brings harkens back to the Triangle days to me so much. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those characters. And this is like this came out like right in the like middle of the. A lot of the support days. cast from this is basically the support cast from the Triangle Days. So it's those, yeah. like Maggie Sawyer and Dan which Turpin, is, like which all is these. So characters. much of why I love yeah. this series because like that supporting cast was just fantastic. Yeah, that that's the supporting cast of Superman. I'm used. To. I almost wish they did more like the Underworld stuff that they did in the comics in the '90s too, like having all those weird like like yeah, the mutants the Cadmus, that are at the beginning the of the death and stuff. And shit. Yeah, like yeah. the Cadmus stuff would be cool. Um, either way. There was some Cadmus stuff, I think, I feel like in this. Yeah, uh, but not as much. I think Doomsday is a Cadmus thing. uh, They do a lot of Cadmus stuff in Justice League. We have to Mm -hmm. do Justice League somehow. Like, just sit down and watch the whole fucking thing at some point. Put it on the list. Yeah. Yeah, so Lois goes to go check it out. Because he, like, Bibbo just got kicked off the ship because he's looking for work. But they're not, like, working kind of thing. Because Bibbo is a dock worker. For those of you who don't know who Bibbo is, uh, he just works around the docks and knows Superman. Because he's Superman's, Superman's his favorite. I think is the yeah, thing, right? His favorite, yeah. yeah. And then in yeah. the comics, he like wins the lottery and opens up a bar, the Ace, the Ace of Clubs. That's right. He he owns the bar down in uh, whatever Hudson Su- Bay or Suicide Slum. Suicide Slum, whatever. It's all this <laughs> stuff. I don't remember anymore. Suicide Slum. I thought I thought it's Suicide Slum. 
No, you're right. That's Metropolis. Never mind. I was like, isn't that in Gotham? That's a Gotham thing, isn't it? It sounds like it's a fucking Gotham. That sounds like the upscale neighborhood in Gotham. Let's be honest. Yeah. Gotham has like the narrows, right? That's like the the Gotham version of Suicide Slum. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I I was just trying to like, if for some reason it was like, is Suicide Slum? I guess Suicide Alley is what they call like where Bruce and or Crime Alley. Crime Alley. There. I just, I just, I just out Batman. Oh my God. I'm. I'm in the I'm in a super manny haze right now. <laughs> Making me COVID uncomfortable. brain fog and fucking Oh god, too much Superman. <laughs> Just too much. It's like I'm it's too much brightness for my evil soul. Either way. Um where were we at here? Oh yeah, so Bibbo goes Lois tells Bibbo to fucking go get Clark Kent. Bibbo fucks up and goes to get a pop instead, because that's what he does. <laughs> Instead, we see that Clark has figures it out himself because he sees a picture that Jimmy's showing him and he sees a Kasnian flag and realizes like he's got to go because Lois has gotten on the ship and now Malcolm McDowell was kidnapped her. After at first, I think he's trying to hit on her at first because like, why would you not? But now he's just like, no, she saw the battle suit. So fuck kidnap her. But like, it's too late because Superman's already on his way. So here we go. Corbin gets in the suit and fights Superman. Uh, Lois and Superman flirt. Superman fights the suit more. <laughs> Like, this just goes on for a couple minutes because it's an action show. So, like, they fight basically back and forth. The same as earlier, except this time Superman electrocutes the suit to shut it down, but, like, also electrocutes Corbin in the suit, which I think this is where he becomes Metallo in the rest of the show, but I kind of was skipping around episodes, so I'm not sure. Either way, Lois calls the story in as, like, Superman's, you know, telling Corbin that he wishes he could stand up for a real fight because, you know, Superman wants to punch him in the mouth. We see the paper with the that headline about what just happened appear on Lex Luthor's desk, who's being told that he needs to pay the regent, who I guess was going to take the suit originally, like and it paid Luther in advance for the suit, and like Luther now owes him a billion dollars and he's all pissed off. <laughs> Whatever. He turns around or he, he realizes at that point because the regent's like little toady screws off and because he notices the fucking Superman <laughs> just floating around out back oh, uh, behind Lex. Classic scene. Classic Superman, right? Like this is, yeah, this is like classic Superman scene. Lex, and this is why this is Clancy Brown, Lex Luthor. Like he's fucking got it in the first episode yeah. where he does like the monologue and he trails off and then he just fucking snaps at him and he's like <laughs> all that rage real quick. And it's that Clancy Brown shout as he like huffs the fucking little model. I don't like, yeah, that's Lex Luthor, kids. Mm-hmm. It's a psychopath underneath all that shine. so either way superman tells him you know i'll be fucking watching you because you can't just put him in jail in the first episode of a show you need to fucking use lex Luthor every third episode superman doesn't use the f-bomb says not a superman thing to do no i mean it's a batman thing to do according to zack snyder though but i'm ching see i got a zack snyder joke in there still (laughs) superman batman would never say that fucking horse shit either way (laughs) Uh, Superman says he'll be watching, flies off. Everybody in Metropolis is now a fan of Superman. Lex is not happy about this at all. We do uh, a Marvel sting to an alien being yeah. assimilated by Brainiac. <laughs> Marvel sting before Marvel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the episode ends, and that's the end of the third episode of Superman the Animated Series. Uh, and the end of this little run that we're talking about. I love this shit. It's just like we've watched the Superman origin story 500 times. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so uh, this is the best version of it to me, though. I still love this. Uh, the animated series is the best. Like all this voice cast is fantastic. Dana Delaney, uh, Tim Daly, Clancy Brown just fucking crushes Lex Luthor. 
And this yeah. is the start of him being Lex Luthor for like a decade. <laughs> yeah, a decade or more. Yeah, like him and Ham will have like must have like a fucking like back and forth going to see who can play like their scumbag villain the longest. Well, I, I mean, think Hamill still got it. Hamill, he yeah, came Hamill, back for those Hamill Arkham went games. Back and for, yeah, and uh, Batman Beyond and then the Arkham games. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, and, and you still games. tap him every once in a while for uh, uh, for the DC animated movies. Why would you not? Like, yeah. that voice is iconic. Like, that's the voice half of us here in our head still. But, like, Clancy Brown's the voice. When I read Lex Luthor in the comics, and it was really distracting when I was reading Pudgy Lex Luthor last night from the <laughs> 80s. So I hear Clancy Brown, I'm like, nah, it's not really Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown's like tall, good-looking motherfucker, like he is in this show. So, so smooth until he's not, and he gets angry, girl-chested, and fucking scary. And I love yeah. it. I love it. It's the best Lex. I'm telling yeah. you, all this is like the best stuff. This is this is a great, great Superman origin story. It is, I probably my favorite. Like, uh, you know, I can't say live action. I say, you know, screen Animated or screen, screen version yeah. of uh, of Superman's origin. Um, and it's just nice to have something that proves that, you know, some doesn't have to be long in order to be effective and tell an epic story. Like it also doesn't have to be like super dark and fucking dreary. Like we're not quite there is, yet, but like we're coming on to a really weirdly dark and dreary version of Superman. In Superman a couple Returns weeks. wasn't that at least. That's not, I mean, that's not the one I'm talking about. Yeah, we got, that, we got two, clunk- we still have a bunch of clunkers coming up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> we're taking a little breath after like two Christopher Reeve clunkers in a row before we do two more fucking clunkers. <laughs> but yeah, I so. mean, like, this is what, like about 50 minutes of actual animation when you like take out the credits, take out the recaps lot. at the beginning of like each episode. We're yeah. we're talking about like 50 minutes of story here. And they were still mm-hmm. able to like pack in like all of these fucking beats, like, it just goes to show that you don't have to use Lex Luthor as the main villain in a Superman origin story. Like he was around, but you know, the, the real villains in this story, like the ones that he actually like faces off against are, or that are faced off against, uh, is basically Brainiac and, Met- and a, a proto Metallo kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. With Lex pulling the strings, which is the yeah. way it should be all the time. It's like, it's exactly, yeah, exactly the way you start a Superman story. Yeah. It, it hits all the right plot points and emotional beats without like fucking just, you know, dragging it out too long. I like that. This is still like the Superman that's still figuring shit out. Uh, like when we, like when he tries to stop the plane by pulling the, like back the, the tail and fucking cheers it off. And then you can like see that the, like, fucking tear on his face where he's like oh i fucked up yeah i got a problem here yeah, yeah. <laughs> this pulls so liberally from john burns man of steel miniseries for our listeners that might not be familiar with that it's the miniseries in 1986 that uh basically sort of rewrote superman's origin story uh for basically our generation after uh, crisis on infinite earths and sort of depowered the silver age superman to something that was still really fucking powerful but like not I can move planets around kind of powerful sort of thing. He'll get back to that point eventually. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if he ever fully gets back to like silver. No, but he gets, he definitely, his powers definitely go up and down depending on who's writing him. But yeah, uh, I mean that, that John Byrne series is like my favorite comic book origin of Superman to this day. And you know, the fact that this draws so heavily from it just makes, means it makes sense that this is, you know, Probably yeah, the only thing it doesn't do is give me some fucking Batman early on. So like, because yeah. that that's actually an issue in the John Byrne miniseries is like True. his first his first encounter with uh, Batman and okay. def- taking down Magpie. Yeah, uh, in those I think it's issue three, and yeah, 
Yeah, they I mean they get there. All the beats are completely used in eventually um, in the yeah in these anim- in the Timverse. In the Timverse, yeah, they use those beats like perfectly in when they do the world's finest episode. They just, I mean, they blow it out a little bit more so they can include like it's not just early days and we're taking down Magpie. It's like, well, if we're gonna do this for the first time, let's throw Joker and Lex Luthor in there and have some fun with it because we've got Harley Quinn to play with and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know what I was gonna. T- I was talking about other stuff, not what we're talking about here. <laughs> I like this version of Krypton. I think it pulls in some of the best elements of like the Silver Age Krypton, the Copper yep. Age, which is like the Burn Krypton, as well as the, some of the stuff that works from the Donner movies as well. Uh, so yep. it kind of blends all those together into a pretty nice representation of, uh, of Krypton. I think on Krypton, they do a pretty solid job of breaking down sort of Jarrell's emotional strife over the whole, like, my family's in danger, the fucking council won't lift them to me, what do I do? kind of thing pretty fucking like i don't want to say dark but like it's 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 emotional content for a fucking ostensibly a children's show i and then they really like 100 percent marketed these shows at kids they're always kind of marketed like i mean at least batman never like wasn't initially like it was very much like still saturday know. morning cartoons well batman yeah i guess but though no, batman premiered like fox sunday nights right like that's premiered what... on on in prime time but like yeah fair and then it would yeah always i don't know get, they, they always yeah. kind of let these shows slide into that a little bit more which is like because the comics kind of do too so like i don't know yeah but, but like can... batman the animated series was nowhere near as dark as like 90s batman <laughs> well i mean like they didn't do asriel <laughs> or anything like that so yeah i guess not yeah he didn't have his back broken. I mean, like, I don't know. They, they didn't do the death in this. Yeah, Barbara Gordon didn't get fucking crippled. Shot. Yeah, <laughs> shot. Yeah. Uh, Jason Todd didn't get fucking act. Well, he got he didn't get fucked. crowbarred. Well, he got pretty fucked up in that Revenge of the Joker. See, they started doing yeah. stuff like that when, like, they started going to, like, Cartoon Network and, like, being on DVD and stuff like that. Mm. They would let that kind of stuff fly in this universe. So, like, yeah, I guess the early stuff on TV was probably a little, like, less cutthroat that i'm remembering yeah. it because eventually it does kind of spawn off into like cartoon network and like directed dvd movies that are a little bit more adult but yeah this is kind of a, it's still a kid's show mm-hmm. it's fine i don't know it's just it just holds together well i don't know it's yeah. a good cartoon version of superman just yeah, do it's... this again why are we doing this? <laughs> it's a solid take on brainiac like i like the i do like the kryptonian ai kind of origin I think um, it's fucking so dope that that's shockwave. Like, that's craziness to me. <laughs> like, that works perfectly. So, I'll, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I do like, I like this Brainiac, too. The the From Krypton Brainiac adds, it, I think it's, it's just nice to add that extra layer. Um, that so that you get between the characters. Yeah, and... this way, yeah, you have that extra layer between him and Superman. And it makes him, like, I know he's a, a Superman villain that they go back to in the comics. But, like, this makes it a personal kind of Superman villain. Mm-hmm. As opposed to it just being like a random alien who hates Superman because he's defeated him before. It's like he wants, yeah, Brainiac wants to like assimilate him because he's the last Kryptonian. Like that's all that's left of it. So like he needs to be destroyed because all that's left of Krypton is inside of him, right? Like he's whatever, like crazy AI kind of thing. I love, like, yeah. I love this Brainiac in terms of Brainiacs that I've watched or read elsewhere. So yeah, on board. Like again, like all these are pretty like. This is pretty like right down the middle iconic stuff for me. Yeah. Like no, that I, I, so. like this Brainiac is it, it hits all the right sort of thematic notes. Like it's prioritizes data, you know, the preservation of data over the president and information over the preservation of life. And that is like the defining feature of like every version of Brainiac. Right. Yeah. So they, yeah. And that's and that's just what this fucking show always did so well. It was it was so good at distilling every character down to their essence 
like the the things that really work about those characters and then riffing on those. Yeah, it's almost like if you get guys who are like good at their jobs. Oh, I mean, make TV shows. These like, fucking writers and directors clearly get Superman, right? It's like Dini and Bruce Tim, man. Of course yeah. they do. They got Batman. They understand the whole. That's what I never understand. Is like, why would you not just have these guys writing treatments for you constantly? Because yeah. they just understand these characters so fucking well. Like yeah. Paul Dini, maybe the best Batman writer. I mean, that's not Scott Snyder in the last like 25, 30 years. You know what I mean? <laughs> he is so good at it. And Alan Burnett. Alan Burnett wrote was Alan Burnett wrote tons of good stuff. Like that's what I mean. Like the writers he wrote this with yeah. Paul Dini. Paul Dini and like Alan Burnett and like the main ca- like writers from the Batman show should just be like, just let them write Batman all the time. Like when they gave Paul <laughs> Dini Detective, I was like, why has he not been writing that for the last ten years? Yeah, like they they know how to write compelling Superman stories that are like hopeful and uplifting and and you know funny and vibrant, like all the things a fucking Superman story should be. How happy and fun was all of this yeah. compared to like Man of Steel? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh... and then and then we already talked like the supporting cast. They nail all those as well. Like, I would marry yeah. Dale, like Dana Delaney's Lois Lane is like my dream girl. I think she's fantastic <laughs> in this. Like the yeah spunky fucking Lois, the yeah, eager, eager Jimmy, the really like earnest Mon Pa Kent. And I love how you can like immediately see like they play like Clark loves like that she's that kind of lady. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's, he's immediately impressed with her. Yeah, he's immediately like, yeah. oh, yeah, I like her. She's she's fun. Let's yeah. have some fun here. Like she's like he's right into it immediately. Yeah, and it's actually that's right out of the John Byrne stuff because like the way they meet in the comics is exactly the same. He's just immediately just like, oh yeah, I'm into this. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, I was like, I'm on board for this, Lois. And like, yeah, the, the Jimmy the, was just like the kid, yeah, the, the, the befuddled kid. I'm like, yeah, fine, great. I wish the Perry had a little bit more tooth to him. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's still like that, he's like hard-boiled, soft. like uh, tough as nails kind of news reporter here. And then, like, yeah, that fucking like super smug Luther is just all of those. Oh, they they Clancy just Brown. Oh, I'm not just even talking like, like the just the fucking writing nails all. Yeah, of that. oh no, I don't know like, everything. The fucking about, voice yeah. acting on top of that, like this is the best Lex Luthor, man. Like the the court, like the evil corporate executive who turns yeah. into like a real supervillain eventually, kind of yeah. as you go along through the series and stuff. I'm like, oh man, yeah, and Clancy Brown's voice. Woo. Yeah, just like chef's kiss on top of all that shit. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. they write this Luther perfectly, and then and Tim Daly, Brown. Like, fuck, fuck wings. Like this is the best thing that Tim <laughs> Daly ever fucking did. The only thing I remember from like wings is that redhead, and I don't even remember <laughs> her name, which is really embarrassing. So and then yeah, it's, it's Christopher McDonald that plays Jor-El, uh, and he's the guy that uh, played uh, fucking what was that dude's name on in Happy Gilmore? No, you have to remember his name because his name's hilarious. Uh, uh, Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. That's it. Yeah, you got to remember the name. <laughs> and then even uh, Bibbo. Bibbo is that huge dude from Everybody Loves Raymond. Brad Garrett. Yeah, Brad Garrett. Oh, like the brother or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch. I don't sitcoms. Don't do shit for me. Yeah. So. And then the other one that that stuck out at me, and I was like, I know that fucking voice from like all over the place. Was uh, the uh, Jason Marsden who voiced the young, like the teenage Clark Kent? He was in all kinds of TV shows in the eighties and nineties, and has done a ton of fucking okay. animation work, uh, voice acting work. But he, what I know him from, like know his face from, is he was one of the main characters on Step by Step. Back in the fucking day, like that ni- 90s sitcom with uh, what Alan Thick <laughs> and uh, oh, 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 Kirk Cameron's in that show. I remember, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Was that Kirk Is that it? That's it, right? No, I think that was step by step. I'm sure it was. No, I don't know what you're talking about then. 
You said Alan Thicke. Alan Thicke was Kirk Cameron's dad in that one TV show. No, was sorry, Pat- Patrick Duffy was. Uh, oh. It was Patrick Duffy and Susan Summers were the parents on Step by Step because they and it was just, it was they were step like they were. Yeah. It was bra- it was a Brady Second family. Wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was a blended family, and there were step brothers and stepsisters involved. Yeah, that was it. Is that the one where like the creepy guy like parks his van and lives in the fucking driveway or whatever? I think it might have been. Yeah. Uh, those shows always made me uncomfortable. That's like TGI Friday, like whatever. Thank God it's Friday ABC horseshit. <laughs> Family Matters and Full House. I hate that crap. I hate it. I can't take it. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched it at the time, but it was really just because like that was the only fucking thing that was on. Yes, it was definitely the, the kid in the, uh, the the dude that like lived in their driveway. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah sorry. The Alan Thicke show was the one with Kirk Cameron is what yeah, I was thinking right. about. So that's a different one. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Fucked you up either way. Yeah. No, this like the, the voice acting again. Great. That was growing, uh, Mel- pains. growing pains. Growing pains. There you go. There it is. That, that was, was the that one. Was that was the one that Leo DiCaprio uh, was on. He was like a homeless kid or whatever. That was the longest walk for fucking no point whatsoever we've yep. ever done on this show. So that's <laughs> Anyways. great. Anyways. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell. Let's talk about Malcolm McDowell just being awesome. That's the yep. last voice person we haven't really talked about yet is how fucking dope Malcolm McDowell is. Just like <laughs> randomly showing up as John Corbin in this. Like, not somebody you would expect to be doing a ton of animated work, but I mean, he's got he did such do... a fucking like great menacing voice, right? Absolutely. And I mean, like he did, he did crap Star Trek movies too. So like, he's not, doesn't always just do good stuff. Like he does do dog shit too. So like, you know, I like generations. Yeah. We'll have to do those movies at some point. Like just do the Star <laughs> Trek movies. Fuck. Hey man, that's like half good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's about what we're getting right now with Superman movies. Uh fuck. Actually, I don't know, man. That that run of TNG movies when you rewatch them, like it's diminishing fucking returns. Well, the problem really is like when you actually start like thinking about first contact, it just fucking falls apart. Like it's a fun movie, but like the the script's gobbledygook. So like <laughs> when, when you actually analyze you're like, "Wow, actually this movie's not very good, right?" Like it's fun, but it's not doesn't really hold together very well as anything, sci-fi, Star Trek, anything. Great. And then it's just like, yeah, insurrection and then nemesis. Like nemesis, which yeah. we have we've I think we've covered we've given that more than enough time on our fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm always impressed by the soundtrack on these scores, uh on, on these shows, like fully fucking orchestrated. How often do you get an animated show with a fully orchestrated score? Only uh this and the Simpsons, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the the Superman and Batman shows in the Simpsons, I think, were fully orchestrated. That was about it. But it, uh, it Batman was, works. Always was. And it was is it the same lady who does the music for yeah, Batman? Is it does um, the music for this? What's her name? A super talented lady. I can never remember her name. I, oh Shirley McLean, I think. No, that's Shirley funny. Walker. Shirley Walker. It's Shirley Sh- something. Shirley Sh- McLean, wasn't that Partridge family? Probably, I don't know. Yeah, Shirley Walker. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Shirley Walker. I have tons of her albums just because of these shows. Uh, she's on tons, like the Mask of the Phantasm score is hers, like all that gothic stuff from Batman. And that's all her. I think she scored right through Justice League. Actually, I think she stayed with the shows like almost the whole run. So, yeah, yeah she did tons of great work. Yeah, and her Superman theme here works perfectly for me as an like an alternative take Superman like theme. It, it does. It harkens to the John Williams stuff, but it's not the John Williams stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, it works perfectly. It's nice and big and brassy. So yep. that's all you need for a Superman theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, yeah, everything's good. Like the score, uh, even like the incidental animation and stuff like that in these first couple yeah. episodes is quite nice. So like, yeah, animation quality is pretty solid, especially for TV. And so much of it, I think, rests on the on the painted backgrounds. They're just gorgeous. Like, yeah. 
especially some of the ones on the I, Metropolis. I've gone up and down like about how much I fucking love this version of uh, Metropolis, that retro futurism. Uh, like yeah, the, the vision art, of the, the huge, very Art Deco like yeah, future exactly. Kind of thing, yeah, yeah, it's the this a city from the future uh, of the future. But like envisioned in like 1920 or some shit. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the 40s vision of the future today. Basically, yeah, is yeah. the way the metropolis should be. That should look at all times. Yeah, and then some of the ones on Krypton as well are just fucking gorgeous. Like Jarell and Lara's home on Krypton. Yeah. That that almost felt to me like something out of Sleeping Beauty, where we praise the the backgrounds on that up and down. Too. There's a there's a weird secondary market, and I'm only I'm only like like aware of it because i'm so like into these shows but there's a, a huge secondary market for like i mean obviously there's a huge secondary market for cells and animation from all these shows and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like the background paintings in particular are like sought after well they'd be a lot more rare right because they w- that, exactly a- because they're more rare but also just because like especially when you go back to like this and the batman the animated series they're fully painted right mm-hmm. and you get those weird contrasty things where like the batman ones were painted like on black and then lifted out like yeah. color so they're really weird looking and these are all in that weird like art deco style like airbrushed and like super slick and glossy and it's like almost immediately evocative of superman shit because it looks exactly like metropolis should look kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, they're they're in huge demand everywhere there's a weird collector's market for those things because they're like lovely pieces they're fantastic pieces but like you said like you know cells there's you know hundreds of cells for every like minute of footage right yeah Whereas, whereas background there's one fucking background painting for each scene yeah so yeah, yeah, like the background stuff's very and popular. They probably got reused all the fucking time too. Oh, absolutely. Like they re, they re, like and reused and repurposed and reused and repurposed it. and then like redrawn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I like the the production design on the show is Bruce Tim at his best. Like he always was fantastic at delineating a style that worked perfectly for animation, but still felt comic booky. Like everything feels big and bulky and comic book, like solid and all that kind of stuff. The way a comic book illustration is supposed to feel, it's got all those basic like Kirby kind of you know like dynamics and all that kind of stuff so everything works great mm-hmm. i'm always on board for some bruce tim stuff yep. like that yeah like that style of drawing or whatever animation always works for me so do you do you have anything else to praise about this or do you have any gripes i mean just in terms of like it is it, for, all, for all its brevity like having watched 15 maybe it's just because i've watched 15 superman origins in the last little while or at least it feels like i have or i'm prepping myself mentally to watch like three more <laughs> or whatever it just it felt a little slow compared to like it's not as bombastic as the movies are kind of thing yeah. like it's just kind of got that like pace that the comic kind of has like you just you're not it's not a huge action story they may have moments of action and stuff but it's like uh until you get to metropolis it's pretty like Plotty. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that takes a minute. Like the first two episodes are kind of like, all right, let's get to the like Superman shit. You know what I mean? But like, I think that's ultimately a format problem, which is one of my, it, one of my, like pretty much my major gripe with it is yeah. that it's a little limited and that they had to be able to divide this up into three like separate sort of self contained episodes because it wasn't always going to be shown, you know, three episodes back to back. So, yeah, because of that, I feel like the Krypton stuff especially doesn't necessarily need to be a whole episode and ends up being a little bit more drawn out than it needs to be. Like, you know, you yeah. and I have both seen Superman Origins where, like, the Krypton stuff is done in, like, a couple of panels kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, like, we, you, you can, yeah, you can do it John Byrne style where, like, I read it last night and I, I called out Tim because he was like, it's a whole issue. And I'm like, no, man, it's eight fucking pages. <laughs> There's, like, 30 fucking exchanges of dialogue between the two characters on Krypton at the beginning of the... Man yeah. of Steel miniseries. But then there's other ones, like, I know, like, the Lionel Yu one, and I, I never remember who wrote that, but I just know Lionel Yu penciled it. I think it might be Kurt Busick or Mark Wade. It's one of those two guys. It's always one of those two guys. 
Are you talking probably Birthright? Mark Wade? I th- yes. Birthright was yeah, Mark Wade. Mark Wade. See, I, it's always one of those two guys. Yeah, that was twelve issues, whereas uh, Man of Steel was just uh, six. Yeah. That was I. The, uh, I just made. I've only read it once, right? Because it like tried to make Superman a vegetarian, which never really rung true to me. Yeah, from Kansas. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> Either way, uh, yeah, no, like I've read that one, and there's more Krypton on that one. But I always think like Man of Steel and this are where like the long action beats on Krypton kind of started. I think mm-hmm. this is the first time I remember seeing like. Jorel has an action scene against Brainiac or whatever. Like it was, this was probably the first yeah. time I saw it. So I don't know if, if this is the origin of that or not, but yeah, there's a little like pacing issue with like that first episode just because it's, you know, they're trying to get all the Krypton out of the way. And also like, because they're bandaging Brainiac story into the Krypton story, they have to add that chunk yeah. to it now, which yeah. that, that's your whole episode. And there's no payoff to any of the Brainiac stuff also. This, yeah. And so you're watching the series, right? Like Brainiac shows up in like episode seven or some shit, but like you see like that stinger at the end of this and it leads into the series. Yeah. Like in terms of this, if you're watching this as a chunk, there's no Brainiac payoff. It's just teased to later and Brainiac's huge, but like the te- the payoff to Brainiac requires you to watch like all of this show and then also all of Justice League because <laughs> he doesn't finish yeah. off until I think the very last episode of Justice League is... He's, Brainiac yeah, he's and Lex. Of, he's one of the biggest villains of this whole universe. Yeah, it's it's him, Lex, and Darkseid are like the three big villains of Justice League too. By the end yeah. of it, so like you're always fighting fucking Brainiac. And then, and half series. the time, two of them are working together. Oh yeah, or it's like they're combined and like Brainiac <laughs> yeah. inside Lex Luthor, and then Brainiac's inside Darkseid, and <laughs> Lex Luthor wants him back, and it's just whew, it's fun. We'll get there. Some I'm sure someday we'll cover it because the fuck else are we gonna do? But like. <laughs> Yeah, I like. I don't know. That's that's a little weird too, right? So you're spending like an like a, a good chunk of this story setting up stuff that's going to happen way later, which is fine if you're watching the show. But if you're just watching this, like, the fuck? Where's Brainiac? Like, did he not come back? Yeah, he got lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the only other gripe that I have, which is relatively minor, is that like Jor-El has an American accent, and every other Kryptonian apparently is British. Well, the Americans are always right about these kinds of things. And the British are stodgy old people. So yeah, I, actually, British. that that's not super far off from but the Lara, fucking Superman. Why, why is Lara have a British accent then? Well, because he moved he moved to to England, the England of Krypton, uh, <laughs> from the American of Krypton to you know. Care, Carefully, you don't hurt yourself with that stretch there, Mark. I got I got nothing. I don't care. This is your <laughs> shit, not my shit. <laughs> like, I don't care. Wasn't like that's basically what it was in the uh, Donner movies, though. What is it? Like, all those guys were British, and, like, and there's Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah, Marlon Brando <laughs> made, just doing his fucking Brando. Just voice. doing Brando. So like, really, it's kind of the same shit. You know what I mean? The Kryptonian guys are always the stodgy English guys, right? Because they were in those movies too. Yeah, it's just and then Jerome just stamp. <laughs> and then, but fuck, it's the same shit in Man of Steel, dude. It's these stodgy old British dudes telling fucking yeah. fighting around the world. Zod, so Zod at least, Zod at least well, isn't British. Michael, in, yeah, yeah, Michael Shannon. Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon's different. And his, like, and his bowl cut. But he's got like a fucking accent going on too. Like he's got a weird like diction in that movie I think too. He's trying, I think he's trying to be Russian in that. And I'm pretty sure his Feora has got an accent. Who she sounds Eastern European in that too. So like I don't know. But all I know is those council guys in that movie all have British accents, and then they're talking to fucking fighting around the world Russell Crowe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's always Jarrell is like the American inside this group of British people who don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's some projection shit. I think that's what's happening there. From me? 
No, the no, the like Joe the, the, the authors. No, the authors that are that are being like, oh well, you know, this is Superman. He's you know, truth, justice in the American way. Yeah. Everybody that's good in these stories needs to have an American accent. Yeah, and like the British guys are the bad guys. So <laughs> exactly. So yeah, those those British assholes that wanted to tax <laughs> us. And <Yeah>. We <laughs> claimed our independence from. Yeah. Well, so either way, yeah, that's my hot take right there. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to say about the, the last son of Krypton? Uh, no, this is this is like if you're going to do Superman Origins, this is the one to go to. I mean, if I was going to number review this, this is the best thing we've seen so far, except for the fucking first Superman movie. So like nine out of ten, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like this show's fucking awesome. Like just watch the whole thing. That's like my geek cred too. It's like, I'm going to keep watching some more. Su- I might get into justice league again yeah. and just watch the justice league. Cause I'm like in the mood for good DC stuff. It hasn't yeah. been, we've been kind of, he's Tim's voicing a lot of shit on me lately. It's kind of souring my impression of the DC universe. Like I need to go watch some good stuff. So back in the animated series, I go, yeah, I'm also at a nine out of ten. I feel like this is just you know a really solid Superman origin story. It hits all the right fucking beats. It gets right to the heart of the matter. It understands all the characters. It has you know fun action. Yeah, it's just everything pretty much that I want in a Superman origin story. The, like it's just it drags a little bit. Like and it, and I guess that's like even to its credit to an extent. Like the fact that this fucking 50 minute thing is still a little bit over padded just speaks to how well they were able to distill this story into its crucial elements and, and yeah. get them out in an effective way. Uh, yeah. But just, just because of the format, they had to pad out that Krypton shit by like, you know, maybe an extra like seven or eight minutes longer than it really needed to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Just so they got that, that hard cut on like Krypton blowing up and that's the end of the episode. Like that's yeah. your cliffhanger. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like that would be where I would want my cliffhanger to be too. It's just yeah. that, you know, the cliffhanger needed to be 10 like five minutes earlier, basically. <laughs> because definitely nobody knew that the baby was going to survive and become Superman. We had to keep everybody in suspense. On a, on a show called Superman, the animated series, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Killing the title character in the fucking first episode would yeah, be, the- <laughs> that'd be a yeah. choice. Second episode, they're like, and all that shit we showed you last episode is totally Doesn't matter. Here's Doesn't this matter. other totally unrelated yeah. person that actually yeah. becomes Superman. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that is our take on The Last Set of Krypton. Uh, so we can move on to our final segment of this week, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out. We think you might enjoy. So, Mark, what is your Geek Cred for this week? there's an episode of superman the animated series it's just one episode and it's in season three or four it's called nighttime where bruce wayne goes missing and superman has to impersonate batman and it (laughs) may be my favorite episode of any of these shows ever because there's just all these fun little riffs like superman not understanding how to be batman and it's my favorite shit i was i watched it today after i finished watching this again to take notes and i was like oh that's why i love this show because when they started doing the crossover stuff it was perfect like it was just note perfect they understood how to play batman and superman together and like having like there's a bit where that robin is asking superman how he does such a good voice impersonation and like he's like i have really good muscle control and then he does an impersonation of the robin and the robin was like don't ever fucking do that again it's terrifying <laughs> and creepy i was like that's fucking fun yeah. or like there's even a beat where like they go and meet commissioner gordon and commissioner gordon has a beat after like they leave where like they're like i don't think that was him but they don't really question it too much but like <laughs> Gordon's so good that even he notices that like Cal's like 
like two inches taller and eight <laughs> inches wider than yeah, Bruce should exactly. be. It's like a much bigger fucking chest. Just a giant, giant dude compared to the guy who usually is in the bat suit, who's already a giant dude. It makes sense because like Superman doesn't need to have muscles when he's like super strong already. No. Batman, um, Batman should realistically be built better than Superman, but he's actually, yeah, that would make sense. I always, I always picture for some reason, Superman should be like, I was like Chris Reeve is kind of the one I picture, but like farm boy big, you know what I mean? Like, like, wide not Tall, cut. stocky yeah yeah but not cut he doesn't need to be cut i always see but i see bruce wayne as like swimmer's body you know what i mean like yeah. runner's body peak, just peak of human condition kind of like thing. just like can run flat out at the top fucking human speed for yeah. 10 minutes and then stop and have a conversation with you like he did not just do that <laughs> and then go and have a fucking fight where he like cripples eight guys <laughs> all while wearing 40 pounds of fucking gear like that's batman right so so that is season three, episode two, nighttime. Yeah, season three, episode two. It's it's just a fun like little romp in this universe. Like it's twenty minutes. You get to see Bane be completely mystified as to why he can't kill Batman. <laughs> I'll do stuff because it's actually Superman wearing the suit and stuff. It's just fun shit kind of thing. Like I, after all this dour DC stuff or like the dumb D, like fucking, what was the one we watched? The last one that made me want to die. Uh, the Nuclear Man one, like Superman four. Superman four. Oh my yeah. god. After Superman 4, I was like, oh, I don't hate Superman. I love this. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm recommending. Watch that 20 minutes of night. If you're going to watch this while after we review it, just to kind of relive it, go watch Nighttime. It's fun. Cool. So my key card for this week is also something DC, uh, <laughs> but it is a comic. Uh, so I'm going to We'll be back with Marvel soon enough, man. Winter Soldier is <laughs> going to end soon. We'll yeah. be on top of it. You know what I mean? We did WandaVision. Is, so my recommendation for the week is Future State Dark Detective, which is one of the Future State Batman books. It was written by Mariko Tamaki and drawn by Dan Mora. Uh, a four-issue miniseries. Future State has been kind of hit or miss overall, which... I've heard it's not great. So A lot of yeah. these events are. Um, there's some good stuff in there. There's some garbage in there. Uh, but this has been one of the best titles, I think. It's kind of... Who's the future Batman? Is it Damien? This is one detect- is this one is Bruce, but it's is Bruce. It? It's Bruce who's like kind of lost everything. Like they think that he he's presumed dead, and Batman also presumed dead. I don't want to give too much of the story away. Fair but enough. So it's set like five years in the future. So like some of the future state stuff is like hundreds of years. In yeah, I've future. seen all kinds of. And what the fuck it, is this thing about? I don't understand anyway. Yeah. You know what? I want to know. <laughs> I mean, it, all it, all it was was kind of like a. a you know, it's one of those events that they did, like when they did like convergence or whatever, like no. where they take where they take like two months off um, just to like kind of give people a chance to reset and catch up with shit and that kind of thing. And like when they did convergence, I think it was because that was when they were moving uh, their operations from New York to L.A. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know exactly what the excuse was this time. So it's like the old five, the, the old fifth week crossovers they used to have two months long. Oh, well, I mean, some of those last are fucking ever, too, so I guess yeah. there's that. But yeah, so it kind of reverse sets up the next storylines in, like, the current, the modern, like, set Bat Family books. But yeah, it's Gotham, like, set five years in the future, where, like, it's even more of, like, a panopticon, like, constant surveillance police state kind of thing. Um, and Bruce is, like, working with virtually no resources. So it's you know, those are always fun stories where he's just kind of having to survive by the skin of his teeth and his own ingenuity sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, even the backup stories in both were solid. So they, they there's four issues. They did one backup story with Grifter in that had two parts or one issue 
one and one in issue three. Grifter like the Wildcats character yeah. Grifter? Oh, yeah. okay. That's yeah. an interesting pull. Yeah, and that one was, well, they, they folded all those characters. And oh, no, no, I know, I know. Yeah. It's just I didn't know they were using any of them actively in the DCU. Not often, but he, I think mm. he's about to, there, there's about to be a, a Superman Wildcat like crossover title, I think. Just gives uh, an excuse to give Jim Lee a paycheck for the Wildcats name. <laughs> uh, but that one was written by uh, Matthew. That's Rosenberg. his, right? That's the one he created. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, that was his. Yeah, yeah. that was the, the image book he created. And yeah. uh, and illustrated by Carmine D. Giadomenico. And then there was also a two-part Red Hood story that was in issues two and four. That was written by Joshua Williamson and illustrated by Giannis. I'm going to fuck up this name. Mal- Milano Giannis is the last name. Yeah. So it was one of the best of the Future State books that I read. And I think Mariko Tamaki is about to be taking over one of the Bat books as well. So, you know, I was happy to see that she seems to really understand the character. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. So with that, we will finish this episode. We're not doing a two hour episode for once because we're only we only reviewed a fucking 50 minute piece of media this week yeah, we still managed to ramble for 90 fucking minutes so <laughs> and it was a big news week that's true so if you have anything to say to us or comment on with respect to the last son of krypton or any of the news items that we talked about this week you can talk at us on facebook which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can tweet at us at drd underscore podcast. You can email us at dancerbotdancepodcast at gmail.com. And if you are not already subscribed to our podcast, you can subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spit- Stitcher, Spotify. I almost said Spitcher, which is not. Yeah, I, don't know what, I don't know what Spitcher is. <laughs> That's cool. That's staying in now. <laughs> and basically anywhere that podcast can be found. So with that, uh, we will say goodbye. Say goodnight, Mark. I'm trademarking Spitcher as a website. Spitcher. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something with that. I don't know what it's gonna be. It sounds pictures, like it's just pictures of spit. Like, there it is. We figured it out. It's like fart fart book, but for it's spit. Like fart book for spit. Yeah, exactly. Oh god. Oh, it's the worst episode of that season. I, I still laugh at one big chunks of it. Uh yeah. Have a good night, everybody. Sorry, I can totally spitcher.com. And this is Tim saying uh, we will see you next week. And Lex Luthor already has a window washer. I love that little fucking snarky comment. It's Clancy Brown. I'll take it every time. It's the best fucking Lex Luthor, man. It's like, yeah, yeah give me that shit. All right. Oh, I got to end this fucking thing. I got to stop recording.